Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. It's time for Spawn Daily. So second day of the year, we're up to issue number 14. Just a quick reminder, <laughs> if you just heard about Spawn Daily and you're like, okay, I'm in. 2022, I'm ready. I'm going to tune in every day for my daily issue of Spawn. Wait, why the hell did you guys start with issue 13? <laughs> well, issue 1 through 12, we did for the 12 days of Spawn Miss to count down to Christmas or Spawnmas, whatever you celebrate. Uh, and we thought it would be a great little preview of this year of the Spawn 2022, which is also the 30th anniversary. I don't think we mentioned that on the last episode. It's the 30th anniversary of Image Comics, which also makes it the 30th anniversary of Spawn, <laughs> which sort of factors into why we're doing this, but I think we would have done it anyway. So it's a serendipitous, happy coincidence. And yeah. hopefully, it'll help, hopefully it'll help us get Todd on the Todd father on the show uh, because he just posted on social media on new year's day about uh, a lot of big spawn plans he had as of the year. And uh, I know a lot of spawn fans are hoping those plans include kicking off production of the movie, which is going to star Jamie Foxx as Al Simmons, which I kind of like that casting choice. I do too. I, I, I think it's good. I, I, I think, Jamie Foxx is, yeah, and he 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 would make a very good Al Simmons. He's capable of channeling enough righteous, self righteous anger and angst, and he's a great actor. And so, yeah, it's it's a really good choice. Yeah, and, and I'm curious to see who else will be cast. Uh, I don't think we've heard too many other rumor. I, there's there's another name attached to it, but I, I can't, I don't know who it is at this point. Can't remember. Um, but, you know, in some dream casting, which I'm sure we'll do a, an episode on that at some point. You know, maybe Halle Berry as Wanda. Um, Oliver Platt, I think, would make a great oh. Sam. Yeah. Uh, that's... So. Well, you know, it's funny because Todd McFarlane has he's he's talked so much about it. He's, he's almost like a broken record. He's so passionate about the movie. And he's he's you know, he says he's learned so many lessons over the years and. And he is ultimately a very good businessman. And this first Spawn movie was was okay. I, I mean, I, it was a guilty pleasure to watch. It still is the original Spawn movie. But you know, I, I you know he he really talks the the talk. Like he really knows. You know, he wants to do it his way. He wants to be in control of the ship and with the Spawn movie. He didn't want other people to do it. So I I, I really hope he's successful. I mean, uh, I just I, I really hope he hits it out of the park because he's put so much time and effort into it and. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm fingers across that we're going to get a really great Spawn movie. Yeah. And, so he was executive producer on the first movie, but this one he's, he's, he's not writing it himself, but he does have some, some input obviously, but he's going to direct it. So it's really going to be his vision on the screen, much more so than the first Spawn movie was. And I did just look it up. The other big name that's attached to it is playing Twitch who, you know, I mentioned Oliver Platt, I think would make a great Sam. Yeah. Twitch is going to be played by Jeremy Renner, who most people would know as Hawkeye from the MCU. So oh, between wow. Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner, I mean, those are some pretty big names. Yeah, and so. it's kind of weird. Jeremy Renner is an interesting choice because, you know, Twitch in the comics is, almost looks like a skinny, nerdy type of character, at least in the early issues we were viewing. So it's, you know, Sam and Twitch are like the fat and skinny detectives, you yeah. know? So it's it's uh, very weird. I'd be interested to see who's uh, who's going to be playing the Detective Sam. Sam Burke, I think his full name is. Yeah, but, yeah they but, definitely need to get a big guy. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oliver, Oliver Platt. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he doesn't listen to our podcast. But right. uh, anyway, we're up to issue 14, everybody, of Spawn. 
uh, written and drawn by Todd McFarlane. Uh, Tom Orzakowski handles the letters. Steve Olaf does the colors. This issue is dedicated to Jim Salakrip, who's a longtime Marvel editor. And I think it was, I'm pretty sure that was Todd, uh, Todd's editor when he was uh, drawing Amazing Spider-Man. And I, I think also the editor on the eponymous Spider-Man title that uh, spun out of Amazing Spider-Man and, and basically was Todd's first um, first writing uh, credits uh, mm. as a as a writer, you know, in, in a book he was also drawing, which Rocky and I've talked about how he got raked over the coals for it not being very good. And, you know, it's it's debatable. I haven't gone, I haven't read those early issues in a long time. But what I will say, what I remember most about those first, let's say, 10 issues of Spider-Man, it was a Marvel book that did what every Marvel book in the 90s did in the first 10 issues. You got a guest appearance by Ghost Rider. You got a guest appearance by Wolverine. You got a guest appearance by Punisher. Every time, every time a Marvel, the new Marvel comic in the 90s, you had those because those were the popular characters. Yeah. Punisher, Wolverine, and and, uh, and Ghost Rider. They were, they were super popular, so they always showed up. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's dive into uh, issue 14. It starts off with the Violator, who we know because of his... Um, his recklessness, we'll say, his, his not very well thought out plan uh, in in hopes of doing what Malabolgia wanted, which was testing Spawn, testing Al Simmons now that he'd been returned to Earth. Violator came up with this plan. It was a terrible plan. And ultimately, it kind of backfired and crime actually went down, which sort of pissed Malabolgia off <laughs> uh, because, you know, he, he's wanting crime and evil to increase and people to die and be added to his his uh, ranks of his army with his war with heaven uh, and the violators actions basically did the exact opposite. So he, as punishment, Malabolja has trapped him in his, uh, his sub four foot little clown persona here. Um, and he's referring to himself here as the humble little old violator as he's recounting the story to these kids who spend a lot of their times on, on the streets and the kids are like, dude, you're a clown. We don't really care. We're going to go to the movies. We're not going to listen to you wasting our time. So what uh, Violator does eventually is he, he pulls out his wallet and throws money at him and says, why don't you sit down and listen, you little punks? <laughs> and the kids uh, thus bribed do uh, do sit down and, and wait. So it is, it is sort of interesting, uh, but also of its time. And to Rocky's point about a lot of the the villains in Spawn, you can always tell the villains because they have that shit-eaten grin, and uh, <laughs> and the Violator is no uh, exception here. So uh, the story that he, re he recounts is over 800 years ago, there, there lived an evil wizard, and when he says evil wizard, he's talking about Spawn. He's talking about medieval Spawn. We get a, a full-page splash of medieval Spawn. Fantastic art here from uh, from McFarlane. Um, but as, as we know with uh, the violator he's you take everything he says with a grain of salt right everything's going to be told from his perspective he's uh, uh you know a demon from hell so yep. lying is is second nature to him um, he, so he is he an extremely what we call an unreliable narrator there <laughs> you go exactly uh <laughs> everything is um everything is skewed to to make him seem like the hero of the tale or the, at least the protagonist, if not the hero, everything's told from his perspective. And you sort of wonder, 
um, like some uh, some recent world leaders, uh, we'll say with an orange tinge to their skin. If they they lie so much, <laughs> they they themselves can't even tell reality from lies anymore. Right? <laughs> like they have lied so much and and told the same lies so many times. For them, it has become the truth, and I, I get that feeling with vi the violator here. He's not he's not even aware. Like every time the guy opens his mouth, he spews nothing but lies. So he he doesn't even know what the truth is anymore. So uh, as he recounts this this story, he he talks about how and and again it, it's it's projecting right. He's talking about medieval spawn as the bad guy. Um, but projecting his own behavior on, on medieval spawn, right? He talks about how this medieval spawn was an evil wizard and had killed many innocent people, men, women, babies, uh, permanent stains of blood etched across his, his battle gear. Uh, and he kept people in check with the strongest force on earth. And at that moment, these kids interrupt saying, oh, money, <laughs> the strongest force, force on earth, which, you know, to their point, they just took a bunch of money to sit here and listen to this garbage. So I'm sure it's on their mind. Um, <laughs> the violator says, no boy, fear. Fear is the strongest uh, force on earth. So again, he talks about how people fled everywhere he went and citizens cowered. But in the art, and, and this is an interesting way to look at the story or have the story be told, because we, we've talked so often in these early issues about how McFarlane doesn't let the art do the talking. Um, and, and is probably over expositional. Yeah. Well, here he's still being over expositional, but he's letting the art actually tell the opposite story of what the words are saying. So he's aware that the art can tell the story without the words or even in uh, contradiction to the words. So you, you would think if he's aware of that, he would maybe tone down on the volume of words, but that's neither here nor there. What is interesting is the words that Violator is saying aren't actually true from what we see in the art. Uh, you know, the violator says that wherever this medieval spawn went, the citizens fled and those left behind cowered in the shadows. And what we actually see on the page is these people are cheering medieval spawn because he actually is protecting them. So, you know, we know that he's, he's heroic. We, this is probably where he's from, you know, and then he died and came back as a, as a hell spawn uh, 800 years ago. And he, he's still loyal to his kingdom. And, you know, later in the page on this particular page says the people grew to hate him more and more as he stood by doing nothing. But what we actually see happening in the art is that when there was an army that attacked medieval spawn was there to protect them. He didn't stand by and do nothing. He he was the forefront uh, in protecting them. And so the, the kids say, well, so what happened? Did somebody kill him? Like, you know, what's going on? And uh and Violator says, no, I, I was assigned. My boss handpicked me to go take him out. Which, now, this part's probably true, right? Just like um, the Violator was chosen to, to go and test Al Simmons. He was chosen to go and test this medieval version of Spawn. Again, with the lies, the village, uh, the people of the village welcomed me into their homes uh, with open arms. Uh, they opened their hearts to me, every last one. Well, they opened their hearts to him because he ripped their chests open and ate their hearts just like uh, he did with a lot of the uh, mob bosses. So again, interesting way to tell the story. What the violator is actually saying is sort of the opposite of, of what's actually true. So once 
Violator went to the village and terrorized these people and, you know, found out information about Spawn, what uh, he actually found out was that the village was sort of protecting Spawn in a way. But again, he, he, he felt like he was their champion. Um, and so what Spawn found out was there was an ugly or uh, sorry, what Violator found out in his own words was the wizard had his very own ugly wart-faced wicked witch mother. And the guys are like, wait, hold on a second. Not only are you eight years old, but you used to be a lean, mean fighting machine and you fought wizards and witches. And Violator's like, yeah. Like, okay, well then who's this boss of yours? He's like, you've read the Bible? Wait, you're one of God's disciples? (laughs) And Violator's like, get with the program recall the other direction and he and he points down and we get a quick uh, interlude here with sam and twitch and uh, they have been cleared of all charges in regards to the body of billy kincaid being found murdered in their office and so they're uh, they're immediately set off to find spawn who they spotted outside of billy kincaid's house and suspect was uh, responsible for his death and they're right in that uh, suspicion as we know uh, on the next page we see that uh, Spawn is actually hanging out in his alley. Uh, we do get uh, an update on the amount of power he has left. 7,000 or 7,754. I don't know if it's actually 7,754, but two sevens. And he's he thinking about how he's already kind of squandered some of his power. He's like, how could I be so stupid? Uh, I let anger dictate my actions. And he's talking about his battle with Chapel that we talked about last issue. And he's thinking that he gave up the element of surprise. Now Chapel knows he's alive. Uh, will Chapel spill the beans, right? Will he tell everybody that he's still alive? Will they come hunting for him? It's like, well, maybe, maybe not. They, and even if he does, they might not necessarily believe him because i got to admit it's pretty unbelievable. Um but man, did, did he make a mistake in confronting Chapel and, and letting him know? But he, he knows he probably has at least a couple months before anybody's able to track him down. And he'll just sort of cross that bridge when he, when he comes to it. So meanwhile, Sam and Twitch arrive in that area of New York, these alleys where the homeless hang out, where it's been rumored these sightings of this um, mysterious figure have been. Uh, they figure it's a good place to start. They ask all of Spawn's friends about him and of course they all lie nope haven't seen anybody doesn't ring any bells you're nuts cop um and it just so happens as the sam and twitch are talking to his group of friends that spawn kind of wanders upon them and takes one quick look and was like oh better wander elsewhere and uh, sam and twitch do catch a glimpse of his cape as he steals away around the corner uh and the spawn's friends realize it and they kind of run in interference long enough for spawn to uh, to disappear but what, what it has shown is that Sam and Twitch are on the right trail, basically. Um, and they think, wow, the, he got away. Uh, this guy must lead a charm life. And obviously, uh, Al Simmons would not would not agree, right? Uh, his life is, in a lot of ways, a living hell these days. <laughs> he can't even make himself look like an African-American. He knows his best friend married his wife, gave him the child that he couldn't. Uh, he's been enlisted by Malabolgia, this you know, demon from hell to fight against heaven. Like, yeah, he wouldn't exactly consider his life charmed at this moment. Uh, yeah, but as you, we, you see the, yeah, you see ahead. the early signs of uh, McFarlane's uh, use of the Cape 
in in a, in a beautiful beautiful page with a, a city skyline with uh, with Spawn's cape flapping in the disc flapping off a building. It looks really gorgeous. And it, again, I, you, we see more and more of Spawn's cape. And I'm peeking ahead at future issues that that cape, what 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 McFarlane does with Spawn's cape, it. Uh, especially with future artists as well. They expand on that more and more. It gets better and better looking, that cape, <laughs> as the series progresses in in various scenes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you wonder how much he borrowed this idea with the idea of Venom, with a, a costume that's alive. We know that the, the costume's a parasite in and of itself. So kind of interesting to think about. And yeah, we'll see a lot more of that in, uh, in future issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then uh, as the issue continues, we get back into the story of uh, of medieval spawn and we find out about this evil witch the you know wart covered witch as uh <laughs> as the violator described her but we really see she's quite beautiful she's a princess she apparently has uh had a relationship with medieval spawn who she refers to as her prince um and so what the violator does in order to uh, attract medieval spawn's attention is he captures the uh, the princess lashes her to a tree and it doesn't take long before medieval spawn shows up. And again, all throughout this narrative, as violators telling the story, he paints himself as the hero and spawn as this evil wizard, this evil spawn wizard. But what we actually see in the art is is the opposite. Um, spawn is is definitely on the side of right here. Um, so after somewhat of a pitched battle. The uh, violator opens his mouth and unleashes hellfire, a maelstrom of acidic flames, uh, full force into the face of his hated enemy, is how he describes it, uh, with the uh, princess looking on, and it strikes Spawn's armor as she screams out no. And uh, we're told by violator that 10 minutes, for 10 minutes, he unleashed this hellfire. Uh, and he said, after that, he stopped and the armor still glowed red hot. And when it finally cooled, you know what I found inside? And the kids are all making fun of him, saying he found Beavis and Butthead or a uh, very tanned wizard, blah, blah, blah. Again, uh, like I mentioned last time, McFarlane using some very specific pop culture references that sort of date the comic a little bit. Well, he um, uses uh, he, the other pop culture references right at the beginning of the comic when he bragged about how heroic he was 800 years ago and he compared himself that he was even more cooler than Schwarzenegger, Stallone, or Van Damme. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so those true. are the other references yeah. in the comic. Very true. But what he actually finds in the – well, before he can even tell the kids, they're like, we don't really care what you found. It could have been a big pile of crap. We're out of here. So Violator has to bribe them with more money, gives them another five bucks for just a few more minutes of his of their time. Uh, and they say, okay, Beauty, what did you find? He said, well, I didn't find anything. I had completely disintegrated the poor sucker. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, and then we're told that the conclusion will be told in the next issue as a new legend is born. So did this medieval spawn really get disintegrated by the Violator? Most likely not, because... Again, this is the violator giving his, his version of the story. Um, and it's, again, you take everything that's said with a, with a grain of salt. So um, there is some great art in this particular issue. There's not a lot of forward momentum as far as the Al Simmons story goes. We this is And this isn't the first time we've seen me- Medieval Spawn, right? We saw that in the Neil Gaiman issue, issue nine with Angela. 
um, where Neil Gaiman created the concept of medieval and that does lead into the lawsuit and that, that kind of stuff, which we may talk about at some point, but I, I don't want to waste time talking about it here. Um, but this is the first time that McFarlane is expanding upon the idea of, um, you know, a, a version of Spawn 800 years ago uh, and, and really telling us the story of that. And, and that's sort of the focus of this issue. Although we do get a little bit of uh, narrative for Al Simmons story in as much as we know the violator is still trapped in his diminutive human looking body. We know that Sam and Twitch are once again on the trail of Spawn. And we know that Spawn is kind of sort of just moping around the back alleys of, of New York. Um, but beyond that, most of the issue is this story of, uh, of medieval Spawn sort of establishing the history and, and the legacy of Spawn as a, as a character. So um, not a whole lot to this issue. Um, although I, I think for me, what stands out is like I was talking about the fact that the narrative, the narration that Violator gives us is exactly the opposite of what's actually happening in the art, which again, I go back to, man, so you know that the art can tell a completely different story or tell a story on its own, Todd. So stop giving us so many words, just telling us what we're seeing in the pictures. Yeah. I think that that aspect of the story, I think ironically, uh, while McFarlane may not have learned that full lesson, as you've clearly implied, it works very well in the story because it's such a glaring, uh, a glaring opposite, you know, between the the words and what's happening on the page that you, you, it's very obvious. And again, we we've talked before how McFarlane just lacks subtlety. You know who the bad guys are, the good guys are, and you know when you have an unreliable narrator because, they, I mean, as you said, I mean, he's very good at making clear in the art that the battle scene, the battle between Violator and Medieval Spawn clearly did not go uh, at least in this issue the uh, violator or the violator's way as as he uh, brags it did to the kids uh, but I will say this that you know remembering that uh, you know reading this for the first time and not remembering like honestly I didn't I didn't I didn't know how this ended because I stopped reading spawn at issue 12 when I got to the end of this issue, I was wondering, I was just waiting for the shoe to drop and waiting for Medieval Spawn. I'm, I ended this issue wondering, okay, Medieval Spawn seems to be holding his own pretty good, but I keep waiting for the shoe to drop because I'm thinking, well, Medieval Spawn isn't alive in the, in the present, but the Violator is. So if the Violator's still around, okay, granted he works for the devil, maybe he kept getting resurrected, but I was waiting for the shoe to drop. And so I, it really got me excited for the next issue reading going into number 15 so and i and i want to say that medieval spawn was i remember medieval spawn first of all he's a cool looking character he, medieval spawn looks more cool than normal spawn in my mind and i remember lots of people i remember back in the day i remember the action figure medieval spawn it was more cool looking than regular spawn and uh, in fact in fact i'm pretty sure i wanted that action figure but i had to settle for the regular spawn but in any event I like this. It works good. Uh, one thing to mention here is that this was actually funny. The, the, the dialogue, the violator is such a jerk in this issue with the kids. I mean, he even, he even talked and I, I joked about wanting to kill the kids. And I, I think he was actually kind of serious because the kids were, were going to leave. You know, yeah. they, they were bragging. They were telling, they were all trading stories about how heroic they were telling, I don't know, like heroic stories to each other. And, and the most... They thought the terrible story was the violator one and they wanted to leave. And the violator, as you said, he had to bribe him with money just to keep the kids, just to bloody listen to him. 
And uh, they didn't want to. So he's this sort of, he's this fat, diminutive, uh, you know, fat, under four feet guy. He's got no powers because his powers were taken away from him by by, by, by Mal- Malabrosia. Did I say that right? Malabolgia, yeah. Malabolgia. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So he's a powerless fat bastard in the in the in the back of an alley. He looks terrible. He's bragging to like kids that he's got to pay to listen to his stories, and he's lying in the stories to make himself look good. I mean, this is about as low as you can go. And the irony, of course, is that he's eight hundred years old, and he's fought and he fought medieval spawn at one point. And uh, this, um, as you said, this this actually. And this actually works fairly well. And when Sam and Twitch finally get out, they, they get their jobs back and they go and they, they talk to the, the street people talking about they, because they want to find Spawn because, of course, he Spawn kills Billy Kincaid and plants Billy Kincaid's office, a bit, Billy Kincaid's body literally in their office. And so they, they want to investigate him. Now, clearly, I think Spawn and, and them are, are, are on the right side, but they probably want to have some words with him. So... That, that, you know, it's slow moving forward, but I really like when you think about this being on the, only the 14th issue, I, I like how this sort of planted the seeds that there were, this was a major seed planted that not only was there other Hellspawn killers out there like Angela, we saw in issue nine, but that there were other spawns as well that were pretty cool, but also had Al Simmons moral code that Al Simmons wasn't the only one to defy the Defy Malabrosia. So, I, I I like this issue, and I like to I like what it teased moving forward. Yeah, again, it's it's definitely establishing the legacy feel of uh, of Spawn, and I I sort of knew medieval Spawn more, maybe not more, but at least as good as as Spawn because I had read Witchblade back in the day, and there was the Witchblade um, medieval Spawn crossover. So. Yeah. Um, was aware of him as a, as a character and felt sort of the same way that he in a way felt, and even in the story we see, uh, and we'll talk about it more in, in part two, that he, in a way he feels a little more heroic as well. Not only does he look cooler than Al Simmons, he feels a little more righteous uh, as it were. So uh, anyway, I think that's going to do it for this uh, episode. Again, we appreciate everybody joining us. We'll be doing this all year long, one issue of Spawn every day, uh, at least until we, we get sick of it or we succeed and hopefully we do because i i definitely want to want to read all these spawn issues i find it fascinating we, we've talked about the fact we're going to be covering three decades of comics in one year so how does the tone change and and what is the aesthetic of comics and uh pop culture and um you know as society's tastes change you know how did the comic of spawn uh, adapt so and we'll i just i just want to throw in out. one thing that Jason and I, Jace already has an inside track on a nice Spawn shirt. I don't own a Spawn shirt, neither does Jace. Uh, I want to own one if we're going to be doing this all year, so I'm not wearing an Iron Man shirt. My apologies. Uh, I should be wearing a Spawn shirt, as should J- J- Jace. But yeah, I'm if, rocking if, Dread, Dread Star currently. Yeah. Spawn, spawn soon. <laughs> so I just want to say to the people listening on the podcast or on the, you know, feel free to uh, let us know or those w- watching this on on. Uh, on the comic boom uh, YouTube channel, feel free to tell us uh, where's the best place to buy a spawn shirt and, uh, you know, lead me in the right direction. Cause, uh, or Jason and I in the right direction. Cause we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Cause I, I see a future spawn shirt in my future. <laughs> yeah. Again, 30th anniversary of spawn. There's going to be tons of spawn content. So I'm sure there's going to be times where we decide to take a break from doing the, the reading order, uh, and, and talk about some other spawn stuff. Like, like we're, we kicked this one off, you know, talking about the movie, uh, hopefully we'll get some news. Hopefully we'll even get some some production uh, of the movie and and some 
in an interview. That. Yeah, <laughs> in an and, interview. and who knows? Who knows? Maybe get get Todd on the show at some point. So, uh, anyways, we appreciate the support, everybody. Thanks for joining us as always. Don't forget to head over to the Comic Boom YouTube channel and subscribe. Comic Space Boom exclamation point so you don't miss any of the content Rocky puts out. Ring that notification bell and subscribe uh, and like this video. Uh, conversely, if you haven't. Uh, if you always watch us on YouTube and you haven't uh, subscribed to the audio only, do that as well. Your favorite podcast app or platform, just do a search for the comic source there and subscribe. So we really appreciate you guys joining us as always, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with more Spawn. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.